Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include my interview with New American Fundings, Rick Arviello, on what drives mortgage rates and why now is a great time to be a borrower, and why regional banks rallied to open the week. Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus, an Encino company and award-winning developer of mortgage technology for today's modern lenders. Nexus Engagement helps lenders convert more of their leads to closed loans with integrated tools like loan calculators, integrated home search, and instant messaging. Also, originators can engage early with their prospects to guide them through the home buying journey. Learn more at simplenexus.com. The number of people in the United States who spoke a language other than English at home has nearly tripled from 23.1 million, or about 1 in 10, in 1980 to 67.8 million, or almost 1 in 5, according to a recent U.S. Census Bureau report. At the same time, the number of people who spoke only English also increased, growing by approximately one-fourth from 187.2 million in 1980 to 241 million in 2019. The Hispanic population is the largest minority group in the U.S., so it's not surprising Spanish is the most common non-English language spoken in U.S. homes, 62%. 12 times greater than the next four most common languages. I mention this because for today's interview, I wanted to bring on to the show Rick Arviello, co-founder and CEO of New American Funding, the largest privately owned and Latino-owned mortgage company in the nation. Rick's an award-winning entrepreneur and mortgage industry expert who began New American Funding with his wife, Patty Arviello, in 2003. I wanted to talk to him about what drives mortgage rates and why now is a great time to be a borrower. How do you feel like this latest Fed increase, which makes 500 basis points in aggregate of increases over the last year, to what we're hoping is the peak of the tightening cycle, will affect current home buyers' borrowing options? You know, I, I don't see what the Fed does having much impact. I see more of an impact coming from the headlines of our sens- sens- sensationalized news, right? I mean, the minute you hear you know, rates are roaring higher. Everyone gets, you know, puts on, gets on their heels and you hear housing prices are going to crash. Then people are apprehensive and jumping in. And it's so funny because I look at it and I've been, you know, I've taken the contrarian view the whole time. And, and when I, when I talk to people about it, I'm like, you know, now is the perfect time to buy, you know, the fed doesn't control mortgage rates. The Fed controls short-term borrowing rates. What controls mortgage rates is the long-term bond investor. And the long-term bond investor is making their decisions based on where they think the economy is going to go. So really, the higher the Fed pushes up the rates, now the long rates will, will trend up with it. But the minute they think that the Fed has gone far enough or maybe too far, you're going to see the bond rates go down. And you're seeing that now, right? The 10-year is much lower than the three-month treasury um, because the long-term bond investors are feeling like they've probably gone too far. They're going to push us into a recession. The rates they're able to get on 10-year money tomorrow is likely going to be lower than it is today. So they're starting to place those bets, which is driving rates lower. But even today, you have the job reports and everything starts to react to that, right? Um, so the reason I say that 
I think that for buyers now is the absolute perfect time to buy is you just have to go back to 20 and 21, how crazy the market was and multiple offer situations, people offering well over what even the listing price was to even get a chance of winning the house. That environment doesn't exist today. So why not enter the housing market when you don't have that competition for the house you can negotiate a better deal, or I think an even better strategy is to negotiate a, not a price reduction, but a, a seller concession to buy down the rate in a 3-2-1 buy down or a 2-1 buy down or something to give you that immediate interest rate reprieve. Because I don't think there's anybody that doesn't think that rates are going to be lower at some point in the future. Your, your challenge is today. So why not enter the housing market where you're not negotiating, you're not you're not, you're not bidding over asking. You actually can negotiate a better deal for yourself. Apply that savings to giving yourself some interest rate reprieve today. And then in a year from now, when rates are likely lower, then you can lock in the lower rates. You know, the, the other thing that is talked about, but I don't think people really understand is how limited the supply of housing is. You know, when when things started to change, uh, call it April, May of last year, the builders all backed off aggressively, right? They they hit the skids. And we still have a shortage of homes in America. We've been underbuilding homes since 2009. You know, there's there's a shortage of homes that's been exacerbated now by people in 3% rates that don't want to give up their rate, right? So they're not putting their homes on the market. And you also have the government still trying to keep foreclosures from normalizing. And that's a huge amount of volume of housing stock that's typically coming into the market that's been restrained for now three years. So you got all those things creating a shortage of homes and it's just supply and demand. When you have less supply and you have more demand, prices are going to go up. So I think that uh, I think that what the long bond investors are going to see is that we're headed towards a recession. They're going to place their bets. It's going to drive mortgage rates down. The spread is still historically high. That's going to come in. I think rates are going to get into the fives in the not too distant future. And now you've got this pent up demand that's going to start coming to the market and there's no supply and you're going to start reading about house price appreciation again. And that's that's why I think right now is the time to really consider buying. Covered a lot of ground there. You say it's the perfect time to buy. The there's obviously that lack of supply out there in the market. I would add the sensationalist headlines right now are all these bank failures that we're dealing with, and that's creating tightened credit conditions versus what we had several months ago. Should how how should borrowers go about calculations uh, for for putting bids on homes or, uh, or or going about the home buying process and and what's historically the most robust home buying season of the year? Well, you know, we stood up a business uh, called NAF Cash. It's interesting. There's a study done out of the University of San Diego that suggests if you offer cash for a home, you can, you can get that home for up to 12% less. I don't get it. I didn't do this study. I don't know why a seller would care that much that they would discount the, the home that aggressively. But uh, but we stood the business up in uh, during the COVID years when, you know, the first time buyers just didn't have a shot, right? You not only had wealthier buyers offering cash, which is normal, but you also had Wall Street 
buying hundreds of thousands of houses across America. So these the poor people that rely had to rely on financing, they're going to buy a home. They just didn't even get looked at, to be honest with you, because, you know, there's 15 offers and six of them are cash. The finance buyer didn't have a chance. So we stood that business up. Uh, It was in the middle of 2021 and it was just going gangbusters because it made a difference. And then March happened and every of 22 happened and everything flipped kind of from a seller's market to a buyer's market. And then the, 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 the dialogue amongst the loan officers and real estate agents kind of changed because the feeling was you didn't need it anymore. And I was saying you actually still do because when, when it's a seller's market, you need it to get a look. When it's a buyer's market, it gives you a tool to negotiate a better deal. And we did still do a lot of deals during, during this, this slow period. Uh, nowhere near as many as we were doing when the, when the conversation was about winning the, winning the bid. But I feel like that business is going to have a place in, in mortgage lending for the future in both markets. Because again, there's just no supply. And when the Penta, you know, you have millennials, they're the biggest bubble of population in America. And the peak buying age, 33 years old, that's the pinnacle of the millennials. They're literally at the, the sweet spot of home buyers right now, and they've been holding off. So you have an entire year of this pent-up demand because everyone thought housing prices were going to crash. You read the headlines, housing prices are going to crash. You're still hearing them. They're not going to crash. The froth is going to get knocked off because people aren't having to bid 50000 over the listing price to win the deal. And that did in certain markets, San Francisco, LA, you know, Denver, you can go around the country and look at those markets that were so tight that people had to, to, to offer more and the froth came off, but the housing values really a couple of percent, a few percent. I mean, it really hasn't been the disaster that a lot of these prognosticators were saying were going to happen. And I think that that's just going to flip right around and you're going to see housing prices go up. Once that pent up demand of the millennial wave starts to become unleashed on the market. So, you know, that's another reason why I say get in front of it. You know, why not get in front of it? You, we can lower your cost of home ownership through a refi when rates come down, but I can't fix the fact that you're going to have people offering $50,000 over what the house is listed for when when the the over demand hits the limited supply even even when that froth gets knocked out i think home affordability is still an issue out there and and yes hopefully rates do come down over time we've also seen recently here banks are are kind of tightening their their credit standards so i want to ask you what options do buyers have out there what what exists uh, what should people be looking at or considering well, I think that the the tightening as a result of the disruption or dislocation in the banking world is going to affect um, Jumbo more than anything else. Look, Fannie, Freddie, and Jenny are here, right? The, the rates are higher. You're right. And that's a hard pill to digest. But wages are also going up too, which which does, does soften the blow a little bit. But I don't see um, I don't see our agencies backing away in any way. It's really going to affect more jumbo uh jumbo pricing probably. You know, non-QM, which was really starting to percolate and pick up steam uh going into the slowdown, 
you know, that got obliterated, right? When uh, when the dislocation happened, call it March of 22, the, the people were, because those are unrated bonds. When there's uncertainty, those buyers just, just evaporate. And we saw a lot of non-QM businesses go under, um, you know, during that, those, those, the beginning years of the dislocation. Now the liquidity is starting to show back up, right? So I think that the securitized options are going to, are going to uh, improve for non-QM. I think that, you know, from a jumbo perspective, the community banks that were playing in that world are, they're going to have to, they're going to have to back off, right? Because they have deposits that are leaving their, their bank and um, and it's going to limit their ability to lend, which is going to add to the recession reality, right? You know, when 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 businesses stop happening because liquidity drives up for what those businesses rely on, that's going to add to um, to the recession probability. I think that that's probably a bigger impact than uh, than what's going to happen in mortgage lending. That's just my opinion. So I know we started this conversation by confirming that the, the Fed doesn't actually set mortgage rates, but I do want to ask you about the central bank quickly. This has kind of been indicated, The last week's rate hike was, was kind of indicated as the point where the Fed has reached the wait and see time. And Part of the Fed's tightening is that they're trying to ease consumer spending, which is is creates, I, I believe, about seventy percent of the overall economic activity in this country. Could mortgage rates go back down now? I know you mentioned long term bond investors, and I, I guess for home buyers, with with the Fed trying to ease consumer spending, what should what should their thought process be? I think that consumer spending will wane as a result of the incredible unprecedented stimulus that was pushed into the market during the COVID years, right? So you had you had just cash being flushed into the market. That cash wound up in the pockets of a lot of people that they want to spend it, right? Look at what is it? The Louis Vuitton guy's the richest guy in the world. <laughs> so all that money is going into Louis and Gucci. Um, but, but there's, but there's an end to that, right? I mean, that money will wash through the system. And I would argue that, that, that that's happening now, uh, and that will slow consumer spending. So that, that will be a kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, you know, what's funny though, is the other aspect of inflation is, uh, wages, you know, and I think that's why you see the bond market reacting negatively today, because the job growth in this country is still robust. Um, if I was to make my boldest prediction, I would say that wage pressure is going to come off. Uh, the rate of hiring is going to come off, but not uh, it's it's obviously going to be affected by the restriction of credit and all the things that that we're talking about. But I think a bigger issue is going to be AI. I think AI is going to be such a disruptive force in this nation, and it's going to wipe out so many jobs. You know, I've been in industries that have been affected by technologies that have wiped them out. And it it happens fairly quickly. And so this is a real deal. And I think that what you're going to see is a lot of industries being affected by AI and that's going to reduce the need for labor 
on top of the headwinds that are being created by the higher interest rate environment and the slowing consumer spending. And all those things are going to kind of join forces to where I wouldn't be surprised if in a year to two from now, they're actually talking about deflation. So that's my boldest prediction right now, because everything's been about inflation. But I can see a world where we're actually talking about deflation, because I think that these are things that the government just cannot get their head around right now. All right. Give me give me one more bold prediction. What's it going to be that pushes mortgage rates back down? What do you envision? I think uh, I think once once the long bond investors uh, realize that the tightening is over, once everyone gets their mind around the fact that we're probably heading towards a, a recession for all the reasons we just said, I think that you're going to see a piling on and I think rates are going to come roaring back down. My fear is that they're going to come down too fast because that's going to create dislocation. Um you know, the government can't afford their own debt at these levels. <laughs> they, they need rates to come down because they're spending that we have a lot of debt and they're spending a lot of money on it. And so I think that they they need uh, the rates to come back down as well. So I think you've got a lot of influential factors that are going to impact. Listen, I could be dead wrong. I, I feel like I'm, what what I say I'm wrong. Forty nine percent of the time which means I'm right 51% of the time. So that works. Uh, but uh, yeah, I see I see rates roaring back down. I mean, look at what's happened to Japan. Look at, look at these other countries that have gone through these things before us. Um, it's, just, it's just the most likely outcome, in my opinion. I'm with you there. So I want to close speaking about new American funding specifically. The news came out last week that Karen Chiu and Amy Harvell are among the nation's top women mortgage originators. And New American Funding, New American Funding is a women-led company. Talk about your commitment to supporting women in the, the workplace and, and how proud you are of uh, both Karen and Amy. You know, I couldn't be prouder. They're just rock stars, right? They are rock stars. And there's a there's a lot of women rock stars out there. You know, running the business with my wife. I don't know if you spent any time doing podcasts with her, but she's a very vocal advocate for, um, you know, kind of right-sizing business to be a mirror of the population. And when we sit in our board meetings, that's what we talk about. You know, 50% of the population are women, 50% of the everything at New American Funding needs to be women, whether it's the C-suite, whether it's the leadership, whether it's the loan officers, you know, all the way down the line. And we feel the same way about minorities. You know, it's, we're we're over 50% minority employed too, because that was our mission. We need to, 13% of Americans are black. 13% of people that work in New American Funding should be black. And it's not a affirmative action thing. It's a smart thing because that's who we're serving in the street. You know, we're serving African-American homeowners. We're serving Latino homeowners. We're serving women. So we really need and want our mirrors in the community to be what the people we're serving. And the beauty of that 
focus and goal is to attract people like Amy and Karen to your organization who who prove how great they are to create mirrors for others, right? That are coming up and see, yeah, I, I remember I, I used to be very active with the NBA and we used to call ourselves male, pale, and frail. <laughs> You're all a bunch of white guys. <laughs> it's like that needs to change. And I love the fact that in New American Funding, we focus on it. And we're working to change and it, it's working, right? It's working because of all those things. And, and Amy and Karen are bellwethers of that change and something that we're so proud of because it was purposeful and they could see themselves in an organization like New American Funding, who's woman led, you know, it's, it's, it's Patty and Christy. Our president is a woman too. I mean, I'm the minority. <laughs> <laughs> at at New American Funding at the top of the house. And I wouldn't have it any other way because they're great executors. They're passionate. They're nurturing. They're really everything that all the great things that women bring to the table, I think, uh, in America. We we possess it at New American Funding and people like Amy and, and Karen just get to thrive in that environment. So it's really fun. I applaud you on all that. Rick, I really enjoyed talking to you. I thought these were uh, some valuable insights, and I'm I'm hoping this uh, that that what you said here falls in the 51, percent not the 49. percent Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, great. Well, thank you, thank you very much. I, I did want to make one other announcement because I don't know how common knowledge it is, but you know, besides New American Funding being the being the largest Latina and woman-owned lender. In America, Patty also has the subtle distinction of being the first Latina in America to ever have a business school named after her. So wow. the, Patty, the Patty Arviello School of Business and Manage Management at Vanguard University, a 102-year-old institution in Southern California, was just announced a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so we couldn't be prouder of her for that as well. Big congratulations to Patty. Rick, thanks a lot, and hopefully I'll have you back on the show soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. In terms of economic developments, the trading week opened with a rally by regional banks as PacWest cut its dividend to conserve cash, pushing the stock price up more than 20%, with Western Alliance up as well, along with Comerica and KeyBank. This week is relatively data light, with the exception of the consumer price index tomorrow. President Biden and congressional leaders will meet today to discuss the debt limit, but the two sides are far apart. The talks come just weeks before the U.S. could run out of money to pay its bills, unless the nation's borrowing cap is raised, or unless they kick the can down the road. Today's calendar got underway ahead of the open with NFIB small business optimism for April, down 1.1 to 89.0. Later today brings Redbook same-store sales for the week ending May 6th, and Treasury auction of $40 billion of three-year notes. Two Fed speakers are currently scheduled to deliver remarks, Governor Jefferson and New York President Williams. Federal Reserve Chairman Powell said last week after opening the door to pausing interest rate hikes following 10 straight increases that the possibility of avoiding a recession is, quote, more likely than that of having a recession, end quote. Wishful thinking there, Jerome. We begin the day with agency MBS prices better by roughly an eighth and the 10-year yielding 3.48 after closing yesterday at 3.52%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Here's news from the year 2059, part 205. A couple petitions the court to reinstate heterosexual marriage. 
Iran is closed off, and physicists estimate it will take at least 10 more years before radioactivity decreases to safe levels. France pleads for global help after being taken over by Jamaica. No other country comes forward to help the beleaguered nation. George Z. Bush says he will run for president in 2060. That might have been the only good one. <laughs> Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, the homeownership platform that unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end to end solution. To learn more about Simple Nexus and Encino Company, visit simplenexus.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.